there was this woman and she was like restocking the cinnamon buns and mm. she was like put one on like put the whole tray of them on like a platter and like walked away and it was at lunchtime <gasps> at this point so like no one was manning the like bakery thing i'm like i legit could have just taken the pan of cinnamon buns <laughs> and walked the f out imagine how amazing you would have felt <laughs> i was so close to doing it i was probably around like 68 percent of the way there to doing it one time i almost me and my mom were staring at um we were at Cheesecake Factory, and we were staring at the cheese grater with, like, the fresh Parmesan where they do it for you, and it was sitting oh. at the station right next to our table. Oh, yeah. With the cheese block still in it. Put it in your purse. I'm just saying. Welcome to Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Connor Perkins. And I'm Caroline A. Meddy. Welcome to any new listeners. It's great having you here with us. Please remember to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. That way all of our episodes download right to your device. You don't miss anything. And for those returning listeners, it's great having you here with us. If you haven't hit follow or subscribe, please do that. And then for all y'all, when you get to the end of the episode... Please remember to hit five stars and leave a review. That way other people can find the podcast. We're seen in search results, all that good stuff that we say over and over and over again in every single episode. We're trying to hit 100 reviews before the end of our season, which is in counting this one, two episodes. (laughs) So if you haven't left a review, if you haven't hit five stars, please go ahead and do that for us. Help us reach our goal. Thank you so much. Yay. All right. I want to take a moment real quick and just say I apologize that we've sort of been in hiatus mode for a little bit. There's been a lot of stuff that's been happening behind the scenes, but I just wanted to thank you all for waiting. Hopefully this episode is going to be worth it for you and we yeah, have a lot more we stuff you. that's going to be coming down the line. So thank you for being patient. I'm going to promise to try and keep those hiatuses as minimal as possible. We're going to drag our little carcasses over the finish line of this season if it's the last thing we do. (laughs) We're (laughs) going to finish it. (laughs) All right, Caroline. So uh, what's... What's new? There's a lot. Yeah, right? there's a lot. I'll, you know what? This time I'll, I'll take the the light Disney news, and then we've got some more heavy-hitting Disney news, and Connor's going to take that. So on the light end, um, Salt and Straw has officially started taking customers in Disney Springs uh, in Florida, which is really exciting because up until now, Salt and Straw has only really been uh, on the West Coast. For those of you who don't know, it's this incredible ice cream shop, it, like extremely unique flavors. Every single thing I've ever had there has been out of this world delicious. No joke. So I'm so glad. What's that the we, most unique flavor you've had? Um, I had one that was um, lavender. Oh. And it was good. Then I also had one that had like, I forget what else was in it, but it had goat cheese in it. You wouldn't like that. But then I had one that was Lucky Charms and it was amazing. And then I had one that was like Ooh. brownie caramel potato chip. Unreal. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that yeah. sounds amazing. Oh, it was that was the best one. And they make the cones there. It, it's amazing. So so excited that we get that um closer to the East Coast. I I can't wait to go. 
Also, we found out that um, Disneyland Paris is going to be getting an Iron Man coaster. So they're going to have their own Avengers campus over there. And the rock and roller coaster that's there is going to get rethemed over to Iron Man, which it's funny. I mean, I folks... Folks have talked a little bit, and we've talked about it too a little, whether our rock and roller coaster in Disney World would ever get a retheme. And we were talking about this, and we heard some fantastic ideas, and we here are the, our yeah. favorite ones. Well, so one idea that I had seen was, I mean, first off, I love rock and roller coaster exactly mm-hmm. as it is. I love Aerosmith. They're just like such a fun group to have on mm-hmm. the ride. Mm-hmm. That being said, someone suggested replacing it with Electric Mayhem, the band from the Muppets with Dr. Teeth so and good. Janice. And, the ra- yeah. and like, mm-hmm. holy crap, sign me up for that ride. I would die. A pre-show with the Muppets with, oh my, yeah. kill me. We're, we're jiving yeah. to, can you picture that? All the, like, mm-hmm. oh my, mm-hmm. that's that's everything I want. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, if if we were to redo it, then there have been other people who are, like, maybe that's going to be redone into the infamous Monsters, Inc. door coaster that everyone's oh. always wanted. Yeah, there was that oh. one. I, I like the power line idea, too, from Goofy Movie. Mm, I'd be yeah. so down with that. Not enough people, yeah. I think, generally love that movie for that to be a thing. But people our age would love that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But what I'm feeling, my suggestion is I'm like, can we make it four town? Like, it would be, oh we, my god! Can we retheme that to like <laughs> absolutely? We're we're going with May and her friends <laughs> to a four town concert yes. because that would be no, it lines legit. up perfectly. Yeah, and like red panda shit, like all through yeah. the ride. Like we, oh my god, red like, panda stuff in the gift shop, uh, four town gift shop afterwards. Like yeah, it would be too perfect. Yeah, it would. It would. Ah. Uh. Well, before I get some of the more hard-hitting stuff, I do want to talk about a lot of the Marvel crap that's happening. Mm -hmm. So, we've gotten a lot of dates of things that are happening right now with Marvel. So, the next thing that's coming up is May 6th, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's happening. Like, it's here, which is absolutely insane. We get more Wanda Maximoff. Like... Mm. This movie is going to just blow everyone's mind. So I'm really excited. But we've also had announcements about even more Marvel stuff mm-hmm. happening. So we got the Miss Marvel release date for Disney Plus. So that's going to happen on June 8th. And then Thor Love and Thunder, that teaser trailer and release date, that got dropped as well. And that's mm. going to be July 8th. Wow. And then sort of wrapping up the Marvel stuff is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Uh, that's opening mm. on May 27th. Oh so gosh. end of the month, it's going to be here. And I know, I cast know some cast members got their previews right already. Now. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard great things. They are saying that it is the best ride in Disney World. Hands down, no contest. Dang. So, and they're not even being taken through the full queue either. Oh, wow. Which the amount of time that was spent on that queue just going from Zach Ridley's <laughs> Instagram mm-hmm. posts. But like, I think it's going to really be something, something special, which it has to be, if you're going to take away my universe of energy and <laughs> put 
Avengers into Epcot where I yeah, don't know I don't I'm not a hundred percent with this. It they're gonna make it Hollywood make sense studios, but it should be hollywood is... studios or just give the avengers their own theme park like uh-huh. make an action park that's like yeah. star wars on one end and yeah. avengers on the other like just Absolutely. do that which is really hollywood studios but yeah. whatever the other thing happening on the 27th is the obi-wan kenobi series on <gasps> disney plus that drops as well i'm so actually representing star wars for that i'm so yeah. excited keep getting that. more photos released of behind the scenes and it just looks Absolutely incredible. But the heavy hitting thing that I want to talk about is probably what everyone is seeing right now. And that's what sort of the next phase of the don't say gay bill (sighs) debacle between Disney and Florida. So as many of you have probably seen at this point, the state legislature in Florida has passed a bill to dissolve all these specialized tax districts, especially the Reedy Creek tax district, which services Disney. And then that bill has gone to Ron DeSantis to be signed into law. And it's a little bit complicated in terms of like what this actually is, what any of this actually means. But I'm going to sort of break it down a little bit just to sort of tell you what happened, because it's really in direct retaliation to Disney speaking out publicly as an organization against the Don't Say Gay bill, against the state legislature and Ron DeSantis. So the Reedy Creek district is a tax district in Florida. And there are a bunch of these in Florida as well. And these were created around the time that Disney was building out Walt Disney World. So it's a very old legislation. Um, But essentially what it allows them to do is act as their own municipality, their own city. Uh, So Disney pays the property taxes for the Reedy Creek District, and they, in return, essentially have control over it as well. So Disney property acts as its own miniature self-governing city within Florida. So Disney, they provide services of, you know, fire, sewage, road maintenance, construction, they have all of these things are being handled by Disney. They're footing the bill for all of this, a full city infrastructure bill, essentially. Additionally, they have a $163 million tax on top of the property taxes that they pay to this district that help them fund the additional projects that they do, things like that. However, what the state legislature in Florida has done is now dissolve this district so that it doesn't exist anymore. And that $163 million tax on top is illegal outside of these specialized tax districts. So that $163 million that Disney has been footing the bill for, it's gone. And so what's going to happen now is the surrounding districts are going to be responsible for absorbing the debts, uh, absorbing Mm, the taxes as well on this district. Now, Disney benefited a lot from this district because essentially having their own control, they can manage all of their own stuff. So when they want to build a new hotel, they are going to themselves to ask for permission to do that. And they get it right away. They still abide by all state and federal laws, building codes, things like that. But the approval process, the red tape, is gone. That's why there are no potholes on Disney roads. That's why when you come out of the city of Orlando and into Disney property, everything is just feels a little bit better because Disney is footing the bill of making it actually better. 
Never thought about that. So now the districts around Disney are going to be having to foot the bill to fix a pothole on Disney property in, in the roads and things like that. But what's going to end up happening there is those districts are going to have to make up for those taxes, which will probably result in a 20 to 25 percent increase in property taxes, which is essentially just going to devastate the entire area. So additionally, there's like around a billion dollars in debt that is going to be passed on to the taxpayers to uphold Or if it's not being passed in the property taxes, the state legislature, the whole state will see budget cuts in order to make up for these debts that they're absorbing from Disney. And Disney just loses essentially some control. It's going to take them a little bit longer to get some things done. And they get a $163 million tax break because they're not footing the bill for the entire district. So I know that's a lot of information, but essentially what it all boils down to is... Ron DeSantis got really, really mad that Disney said what they said uh, and came out against the bill publicly and is trying to mess up. He is such what a is going- Yeah. Put it in the records. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's on the record. Uh, but he's trying to mess up Disney having control over their own stuff and being able to operate on their own. But what he's not fully realizing is... The consequences of what Just happens that dumbass is going right back on the taxpayers <laughs> of the city. And he's uh. essentially giving Disney a tax break. Now, there are a lot of people who are like, well, if this is so beneficial to Disney, blah, 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 blah. Why haven't they done it before? I'm like, well, there is some reality in that they don't want to necessarily relinquish all of this control because yeah. they are able to completely control everything. Mm. And it. And the experience is what they're mostly interested yeah, in, giving people this bubble. next level experience yeah. that keeps people coming back. Mm. Like, it's down to even the <laughs> the regulation of the environment for mosquitoes in the area. That's what Disney has control over. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we'll see what happens <laughs> with this. Oh, uh, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's so... Bad politicians being fucking idiots all right so i think that's gonna do it for us in terms of the news Hmm. segment of all of this so we're gonna hop now into the episode which as you all know this is our last tips and tricks episode of the season Hmm. and it's our q a episode so we have received so many different questions from you all the listeners on social media platforms uh and through our new voicemail that we set up But we're going to hop right in and now start answering some of your questions. And uh, maybe if you left a message for us, you might hear your voice. So let's get started with some of these questions. All right, let's do it. Let's start with something. um, Let's start with some social media questions. Let's see. So this is from at Shannon Ellis, 1993. Starting out with with a big one right off the bat. If you could turn any animated Disney or Pixar film into a stage play, what would it be? And we also got a similar question from at Sierra 7 who said, is there any show at Disney that you would like to see as a movie or the opposite? Is there any movie that deserves a show? Hmm. 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 In a way, you know, I wouldn't be maybe not on Broadway, maybe more of an immersive theater experience. I don't know. But I would never be mad about the Haunted Mansion becoming some sort of stage. Yeah. Not stage show. Some sort of live performance thing. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially after hearing that they were thinking about that as a nighttime spectacular. Oh, my God. When they were coming up with Fantasmic. Uh Yeah, it's sort of been on my mind as well. In terms of thinking of, like, Disney on Broadway, like, shows that Mm -hmm. I would want to see there. I know that Lin-Manuel Miranda sort of floated the idea of Encanto on the stage. And I do think that the show actually would probably lend itself pretty well to this stage. Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of like the magic, the the scale of the magic feels very doable. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I mean, I'm also I'm always going to say Enchanted. I just you know, always ever think since that you Enchanted said that, would, I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. It's it just it, it's just kind of a no brainer. Like it's quintessentially New York. It's quintessentially Disney. It feels like it lives exactly at the intersection of the two. I feel like it would be a show that they could put up. On Broadway and one, and it could play for ages. It mm-hmm. could become a staple if yeah. they wanted to. Yeah, because you're there in New York, you can go see the locations, and then like you see the show, and you're like, oh my gosh, Central yeah. Park, it's over there. Yeah. I can, I just went there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If I'm thinking Pixar, though, I mean, I'm, I'm always here for Ratatouille. Oh the my musical. god, of course. Like, we need that. Yeah, M. Jacobson forever. Oh, hi, M. Jacobson. We love you, Emily. We love you, Emily. <laughs> um. Um, oh, this isn't Pixar. Pixar is a little hard for me to decide, but I also been thinking maybe it's on my mind because they're working on The Devil Wears Prada right now, but A Princess Diaries musical, ah, oh. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. Do we like need yeah. that on Broadway now? No, not really, but... I think it could have success in the same way as like I I think Mean Girls actually lent itself to becoming a really fun musical. I think the Princess Diaries yeah. could have the same experience. I could see it like it, like in the same style as like the prom. Like one that will yeah. operate really, really well on tour. Yeah, One that exactly. would work well regionally. Mm-hmm. Community theaters would want to do it. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Because I was like, oh, it would be, I feel like it would have more of a life of something like Freaky Friday. Or it's not going to be on Broadway, but it has, yeah, fantastic life regionally. I think that would be nice. Yeah. 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 Oh, then, and it would be perfect for high schools yeah, too. Yeah, and then all these all these kids in high school would be get to play Mia. Oh my god! <laughs> and then someone's got to play Queen Clary. <laughs> oh, if I was in high school, that would have been me because I played all the old ladies. So I fully would have been Queen Clary. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine like a, a tango salsa number between Clarice and yes, Joe, absolutely. but done by like fourteen year olds and like oh yes. god, oh my god, yes, yeah, I love that. <laughs> um but i and i guess like a a show in disney that could be a uh a movie that was the mm. other question mm-hmm. uh, it's it's tricky because you know disney sort of evolved in a way where they're shoving a movie into basically everything yeah. to sort of justify its mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the only thing i could think of that i think would be just like a kick-ass movie or something like that would be something that is based off of the um citizens of hollywood oh absolutely i feel like that would be a kick-ass yeah. movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely that's my vote oh, love that great questions Ooh, fun let's play a voicemail shall we we shall here we go hi connor and caroline this is avalon from minneapolis minnesota first wanted to thank you guys so much for your podcast i love listening and it's just brought a lot of fun and Disney magic to my life. So with that being said, I actually have two questions for you. 
The first one is is that, as you guys know, the parks are getting more and more expensive and it's harder to get to. And so I'm just curious what ideas you guys have for bringing more Disney magic just to our own everyday lives. And my second question for you is what story or theme do you want to see Disney do next? I love the way that they are evolving in a lot of ways and um, just curious what you guys want to see next or certain things you think um, should be in some of their next movies. Thank you guys for all you do, and I love the podcast. Well, thank you, Avalon, for that for those questions. Aww, I, it's yeah. amazing. To hi, be and hi all the way people. in Minnesota. Hello. Yeah, hi, oh hi, hi, hi. Uh, all right, so I guess let's tackle the first part of that mm-hmm. question. So how to bring some Disney into your everyday life. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I used to love doing when I was younger, and I think it was sort of like a 90s, early 2000s trend, but we used to do these Disney dinner mystery parties where you would invite like a family that is friends with your family over to your house or like a group of friends or something. And you'd all sit them in like the dining area and they would have a menu And everything on the menu, it would be like a full like five course meal or something like that. And everything on the menu would have choices that are just different Disney movies. And so they would have to sort of blindly select their meal based on these different choices. So like, uh, and it would all be a mystery. So like someone, you could have like the Little Mermaid on there. And when they order the Little Mermaid, they get their fork, they get their dingle hopper. So, like, sometimes depending <laughs> upon how they ordered, like, maybe they're eating, uh, maybe they ordered Lady and the Tramp and so they get spaghetti and meatballs, but they don't have a fork now. Like, oh they have gosh. to eat it. Like, like, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a friend, uh, we had some friends of the family who did it for us, and then we got super into it. And my mom made these, like, the specialty curtain that would block out the area between our dining room and our <gasps> kitchen. Oh, and we would invite families magical. over and we would do it. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So it was just a way to sort of give you, ironically, kind of like a, a fun Disney unique dining experience at home. So that's that's one of the things I kind of want to bring back. I think I think that should definitely make a comeback. Oh, my gosh. I never even experienced that at all. So I want to experience You never had that? No. I don't even. This oh, sounds okay. so cool. I, you know what? I'm realizing now I feel like you had a lot of friends growing up who were really into Disney too, and I kind of felt like the odd girl out a lot of times because none of my friends were as into Disney as me. Oh, so I probably would have wanted to yeah. do that, and everyone would have been like, uh, "No." <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun, and I feel like mm. it could also be like a really good birthday party idea. Yeah, that's too. so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that would <gasps> oh. that would be my little like if you want to bring a little bit of extra Disney outside of my usual like play villainous Disney bound listen yes. to music, you like know that us. sort of thing. Uh- <laughs> Yeah. yeah, me too. I'm going to say the, one of the same things I always say, which is the smells and the sounds. The smells. <laughs> and the sounds. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of our favorite Disney candle companies. So shout out to Candles of Tomorrow, our friends. Candles of yes. Tomorrow. Love you. Love you. I also love a Magic Candle Company. I've got, yeah, they're you know, um, I one time during the summer, I was sitting on my back porch at my parents' house. I lit my Polynesian candle. We had the little tiki torches going. And I put on the Polynesian music loop. And let me tell you, 
it did what it needed to do. So, well, you also have that like rock fountain. In yes, the back, you could hear the waterfall. It was it was pretty. It was high level. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> did you have your little mini pool set up still? Yes. Um, and I also had a themed beverage. You gotta really go for it. You know, in whatever way you can yeah, go you for do. it. Yeah. So just also just yeah, yeah, just commit. Commit. Put on a music loop too. Those will do wonders for me in the middle of the day when I'm struggling. Um, on YouTube, just put in Disney World, Disneyland music loop, and you will find tons and tons of options there. What's your favorite right now? I've been listening to a lot of uh, you know what the one I listened to most recently was yesterday. I was listening to um the land music Ooh. loop. Just like having breakfast listening and feeling like I was in the land, like eating at sunshine seasons or something. It was good. It was mm. good. One of my favorites if like you're eating dinner is mm. to play the Hollywood Boulevard. Absolutely. Music loop. There's also so oh my good. gosh, I'm gonna get carried away. The rendition of Over the Rainbow that happens oh, in that yeah, loop. It's Brings you know, me to tears. There's also one that's a music loop from Buena Vista Street in Disneyland, which is a similar vibe, but they have a vintage Christmas loop for the holidays. 10 out of 10. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Just the, the music loops do wonders. And I and I always say this as well. There, it's It can be really fun to just find, again, as we discussed previously, one of the really nicely filmed 4K nighttime spectaculars on YouTube. Turn out all the lights in your home. Have a little drinky and a snack and really make it a moment and watch it. That's fun, too. Commit. That's what it's all about. You got to commit. Mm-hmm. Make it a moment for yourself. Commit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, second part of the question. What story or scene would we want to see Disney do next? Hmm. I would be really interested in seeing them do something with African folklore. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Africa in general as a continent mm-hmm. is not something that we have really yeah. explored yeah. all that much in Disney outside of the Lion King, which like we're just doing Hamlet and putting it against the Savannah. But mm-hmm. like, I would love to see like bringing in some more of the traditional African folklore, like Anansi, mm-hmm. um, the Black Panther, things like that. I think that would be really yeah. cool. Well, I like that. This isn't really a specific about a story, but I saw a funny tweet the other day or a meme or something that's like, what do you want the next Disney princess to be? And someone was like, an alto. Oh, yeah. And I can get down with that. I saw that. And speaking of, you know, making lions act out Hamlet, I I would like Disney to do something more Shakespeare, but just like flat out say that they're doing a Shakespeare adaptation. Like, I mean, Cymbeline and As You Like It are already fairy tales, really. And to have Disney do that and to have those characters, especially, I mean, I just have a soft spot in my heart for As You Like It. It's one of my favorites. But to see those characters come to life through Disney and maybe there be some music, there's already music in it, just to have Disney do that and introduce younger audiences to Shakespeare so they can have an earlier on connection to those stories, I think would be so awesome. So I Yeah, I can see a much ado moment too. Yeah. Uh, Great questions. Thank you so much, Avalon. Thank you you for listening. Oh, yay. Okay, back to the socials. All right, this is from at Mill underscore Kyoko. Which Disney movie would you see have a land in the parks and why? Easy. I will say it again and I'll keep <laughs> saying it until the end of time. Ku Mandra. If you Google a map of Animal Kingdom, there is a huge ass space behind Asia 
That is where Kumandra should be built out. We still maintain the Asia Pavilion, but we use the Asia Pavilion, the Asia area as a way into Kumandra because we don't have any representation of like beastly kingdoms there. Now we can have our dragons. We retheme Kali River Rapids. We put mm. like ruins of Kumandra. You're riding in like Boone's boat sort of thing. Like give me Kumandra. The world building in that movie is insane and it deserves massive representation in the park. Mm. I rest my case. Yeah. It's hard to be, it's really hard to beat that answer. I don't have, nothing comes to mind, but I, I mean, I'll say what I always say, which is that Corona from Tangled deserves much more than a bathroom in Disney World. That's just so wrong. Also, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I would be down with, and I don't think this is even possible, but I would be down with a further Galaxy's Edge expansion so we can actually get some of the planets that we see in the movies. Mm. I know that that's tricky because they're like, oh, it'll never live up to what people are expecting. It's fine. I'm not one of those fans. So I just, I don't know, I just need Galaxy's Edge to be more of an event. And I know that'll cost a bajillion and a half dollars, but I think it would be worthwhile. I would like to see that built out a little bit further. Good question. Good cues. Good cues. All right, let's (laughs) go to another voicemail. Hi, Connor and Caroline. This is Kiki. And Pat Pat, we have two questions for you. First, we'll be going to Disney World with our grandson, Gus, when he's two and a half years old. If we could only take him to one attraction or event in each park, what would it be? Second question, if you could only go to one attraction or event in each park, what would it be? Thanks for taking our questions and... Oh my gosh. (laughs) These are my parents. That's Kiki and Pat Pat. That's Kim and Pat. 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 Thank you, Mom and Dad, for your questions. Thank you. Uh, So, this is in reference to my nephew who we are trying to schedule a trip for him to go to Disney World for the first time. It's going to be a little while off. So, hopefully, when he's two and a half. So, let's, let's. Go through each mm-hmm. of the parks and we'll we'll give you our answer of what Gus needs to see. And then we'll give you our answers as well. So yeah. let's start in the Magic Kingdom. Mm. Well, for me, knowing Gus, he's very, very big into music. He loves lighting and spectacle and he's very sensorial. So I would say that the the one thing he has to do is Mickey's Philhar Magic. I think that mm. would just like blow his little brain out like he'd see mickey because he loves mickey he'd see donald he'd see all these great characters it's just been remastered we've got the new coco scene in it and i think he would just have an absolute blast with all of it so i think mickey's philhar magic is the is the must do for him oh huh well 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 I was going to say, again, based off of what you said about Gus, I would say, like, if he could stay up for the fireworks, that would be awesome. But that might be a little bit too late at night. So then I will say, I'm going to say Peter Pan's flight. Mm. It wasn't something that I was tied to in my childhood, but the the reactions that I see from children on that ride. Yeah. I just want to get him on there and see if he has that same just thrill from it. And it's like. Being able to look down at things, I guess, as a kid is very exciting. Yeah. And to be very close to Peter Pan. Yeah. 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 Even if it's a tinfoil volcano. Even if there is tinfoil <laughs> in the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thinking about what I would have to do. Ah, this is tricky. You would never only ride one thing. 
So this does know, not apply know, to you. <laughs> like my gut reaction is always to say like Splash Mountain because it's a seven minute ride. So like I get my money's worth on that. Yeah. But I think if there's like an attraction that I have to do, I I feel like for me, it's Peter Pan's flight. I loved mm, that ride when mm. I was a kid. It was a must do. It was like, it was magic for me all the time. And so I feel like I would owe it to the kid in myself to make sure that I do that ride if I could only do one thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. What about you? I I think I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean. Ooh. It's just like, again, it's a longer ride. It's just quintessential. And I think a lot of times um, it would be if we were hitting Magic Kingdom as one of our first full day parks when I would go when I was younger, we would always go on Pirates first. Mm-hmm. So it just reminds me of being so excited for a vacation and just also – the water smell. The water, the smell. water smell. Yeah, it just like feels like vacation. If I that was the only thing I did and I'd be like, I smelled the water. I'm on vacation. I would feel good about that. Oh, well, I would go by, I'd have the water. Like <laughs> if I like that's the thing about this question. Like if I can only ride one thing, I'll ride Peter Pan's. But you're flight. Gonna the I'll water. go I'll go through the I'll go through the <laughs> queue of no, Pirates of the no Caribbean. Is no get all queue. the way up to the front and then just be like, I can't. Like, I'm, I'm not allowed. <laughs> I just go. <sighs> oh man uh, <laughs> all right so now let's do hollywood studios okay oh yeah oh my gosh definitely i forget what the official name is but the the live frozen sing-along stage show frozen sing-along mm. I think it's called it's yeah it's the kind of thing that I think one time I went in there just to cool off, I think, and it was far exceeded my expectations. It's so wonderfully done. The performers are amazing. The songs will play and it will snow at the end. It's it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, Gus really likes he loves Olaf. He loves mm-hmm. Olaf. Does Olaf show up in it? Olaf doesn't show up, but we do sing oh. in summer along with the cast. So, all right, he probably and he and he's on the screen so then. Like they play clips from the movie too. So okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So he'd see Olaf. Okay, yeah, great. As yeah. long as he sees Olaf, he's yeah. It's happy. not going to be. We're not going to have an Olaf, um, like you know, furry Costume. at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> furry. <laughs> Jesus God. <laughs> uh, well, for me, knowing how big Gus is on Mickey, I would say taking him on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because I feel like Mm. he'd probably get a good kick out of seeing all the cartoons of Mickey and Minnie even though if he doesn't necessarily understand what's happening yeah I think he'd just like to see them so I think that's what I would say for me though in Hollywood Studios I mean it's hard to say because Hollywood Studios has changed so much since the last time Mm. I was there like Toy Story Land exists now galaxy's edge exists now so i feel like i sort of owe it to myself if i had to pick one thing to pick something that i haven't done in which case i'd be like i'd have to do rise of the resistance yeah absolutely like i would just have to do that but i guess sort of if if it was i've experienced everything all things considered all things equal my answer probably would have been like tower of terror like i'd have to Mm. i'd have to do that Mm-hmm. Oh shit! No, what am I talking about? No, Fantasmic, Fantasmic. Oh. I have to I'd over have to Tower of Terror. Yeah, over Tower Damn. of Terror. Yeah, wow. Not necessarily Rise of the Resistance because I feel like I need to see it mm-hmm. uh, and I need to ride it. But in terms of like going back to the version of it that I last had and still eliminating great movie ride, 
because it doesn't uh, exist, I would say I'd have to see Fantasmic. Okay. Hmm. I'm definitely on the same wavelength where I am just, oh, the more time that passes and I haven't been on Rise of the Resistance, I'm so, I refuse to see to see any video of it. I've mm-hmm. avoided everything. I, I am just saving that to be such a special experience. But again, that aside, if I had already experienced everything, Toy Story Midway Mania brings me and my family so much joy. There, I can't even explain it, really. We are just, like, all truly kids again when we are on that ride. It's the game aspect, but it's just, like, when your little vehicles are swirling around and you hear the Toy Story music, there's something really – it makes me so happy. I cannot miss that. So, yeah. Which mini game is your favorite on it? Hmm. I like – I like smashing the plates. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I like smashing. I'm a big pies. fan of the pies. The pies are fun too. Pies are fun too. I also just love when you freaking blow your arm out in the last ten seconds of the game when you can just go at it and you can't move your arm after just, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Oh. All right, now moving on to Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I guess for Gus, if there was one thing he would have to do, I would. I would probably say, I'd probably say Finding Nemo the musical. Because he again with the with the music, his yeah. air conditioned, so like that'd be really yeah. great. He. There's a lot of uh, it's just it's a lot of color and light, yeah, and he would really that. responds to that. The creatures that like come out into the audience and things like mm-hmm. that. He he really love. I just think I think he'd really really like that show, and oh it'd be gosh. nice to sit down for a nice hour oh and a half baby. Yeah, you know, as long as everything safety wise works out, I'll say Kilimanjaro safaris. Oh, yeah, 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 that's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, but I get your choice, though. Yeah. It might be, like, sometimes it can get a little bit bumpy for little kids and you got to hold them on on your lap. But, um, yeah, yeah. there's nothing – you can't beat that seeing the animals, especially when you get the really thrilling moment one of them crosses the path in front of you. So exciting. Yeah. And for me, it, I feel strange not saying the safari for me as well, but I think it's dinosaur. I just – I love dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Dino Institute, dinosaur, Dino Over Institute, five heaven. No, that was just the you know what? That's just the setting. You can you can't no. No, no, that's. I some, love dinosaur. It's some still, hot BS. It's still, <laughs> shut up. Does it it's, light up at night? No, but it lights up my heart. It really oh, does. Jesus, I love everything about that ride. It still thrills me. So yeah, yeah, I really get my kicks on that ride. What can I say? <laughs> my God, I mean, I think. For me, again, Kilimanjaro Safari seems like the obvious choice, but I really love the version of Kilimanjaro Safari with, uh, with like little red and everything and, and the yeah, poachers. Yeah, Cause I, sure. I like sort of having a storyline to it. Like, yeah, we're seeing the animals, but like there's also this other part, this like purpose to it. I really mm. like that. So for me, the thing I have to do before, like the one thing I would have to do is, uh, expedition everest mm-hmm. and i know that's acknowledging that i haven't done anything in pandora either at this point but oh right where's flight of passage hold up with you but you know what there's just something in my heart it's dinosaurs flight of passage About is getting jerked around now. dinosaur yeah baby we're not absolutely. gonna make we're not gonna it, make it. we are gonna not make gonna make it seat belts plug them in use them I, the writing everything about it <laughs> Oh, and God. he's got the little dinosaur puppet and he goes, hello there. <laughs> it's amazing. Jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. And last but not least, 
Epcot. Epcot. Um, you know, for Gus, the initial thought is always to go to Frozen Ever After because Olaf is in it and, and things like that. But he's also just like not as big of a Frozen fan. And I also feel like there's a little bit more thrilling elements to that ride. Oh, yeah. That true. might not fully be like ready to go for yeah. a kid. Mm-hmm. So I would say his must do is the Grand Fiesta Tour in, oh, yeah. in the Mexico Pavilion. So because good. again... We're fully air conditioned. Mm. It's a slow moving boat ride. You can smell the water once again. Yeah. We can huff the water together. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's very, it's again, very music heavy, very Mm -hmm. sensorial. So I, I feel like that would be the right choice. And then we can eat some tacos afterwards. Yum, yum, yum. Oh my God. Take me there right now. But for me, hands down, if I can only do one thing in Epcot, Spaceship Earth. Spaceship Absolutely. Earth. Me too. And end of story. Like that. The that's end. it. Like, yeah. If I had to go in and like visit all the pavilions, but I couldn't do anything except just like eat and drink. And then like on the way out, like do Spaceship Earth. Absolutely. I can't say that. I, that I can't perfect. say that I would be content because. Oh my God. That doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't feed Connor. <laughs> but I would. I would be. Uh, if I had. If someone <laughs> twisted my arm. And like threatened my life and said like you have to do a scaled back version of Epcot. You can only do one attraction. Like I guess that's that's the way I would go. I'm pretty sure there's a day where me and my family did do that. We just ate and drank our little booties off, and then we just you know would kill me. Vegged out on Spaceship Earth after. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah, mine is Spaceship Earth 100 (laughs) as well. I mean, no, no question. It's the best. Thank the Phoenicians. I can smell that ride too. That oh has an God. extremely distinctive. I mean, that one I can't explain. It's like someone's basement, but it's good. This Egyptian is pounding reeds into papyrus. Uh, into papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Dame Judy Dench. Oh God. Um, and for Gus, I'm gonna say the seas with Nemo and friends. It's a nice slow moving ride. We've got the real fish elements and the and like the audio animatronic elements and the projections. And they also play Big Blue World, which we love. And then he can go see all of the real sea creatures afterwards, which I think is I love going to see the manatees the and manatees. eating their lettuce. Oh my gosh. All right. Wow. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, mommy and daddy. Thank you, Perkins. mom and dad. Thank you, Kiki Pat Pat. All right. Let's go back to the socials. Oh, at Morgan Michelle too. Not a question, but I would love an episode on Lilo and Stitch the series. Oh yeah, mm. so good. Yeah, we need to. We do want to talk more about some Disney Channel series. We've played around with doing another episode on that. So definitely. Yeah, Lilo and Stitch the series, which is like such a yeah, it's prime. It just so prime for mm. like a a Disney series because it's like Stitch's Experiment Six Two Six. What happened to the other six hundred twenty five experiments? Here's an episode devoted mm. to each of. I'm like. Perfect. That's how yeah, we do. Yeah. That paired with like some Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. It was great. It was great viewing. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, thank you. All right. We will keep that in mind. All right. That was quick. Let's do another another one from the socials. So uh, some hard hitters. Here we go. From at Bumblebee Creations. All-time favorite Disney movie. Oh, my God. And favorite Disney attraction. Oh, Oi. my God. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm probably not going to name one movie. But if, like, 
push me against the wall, have to say one. I mean, this isn't the traditional. I don't think this is what people are thinking when they ask this question, but we all know that it's Brandy Cinderella. Yeah, we all know that for you. Yeah. But if but it if, wasn't if that, it was traditional, like, like, if it was traditional, it it's so hard. Technically, it's like, yeah, it's Beauty and the Beast, but it changed, like, it shifts for me. It's like, it goes between Beauty and the Beast, Tangled, Hercules Hunchback. Yeah. 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 I, I think this question, and no no disrespect, Bumblebee Creations, it's just like pure evil. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> because I I just I'm I'm not gonna be able to to pick one. I guess my standard answer would be like again, Beauty and the Beast, like we always say, but Mm-hmm. Uh, really my favorite Disney movie it changes just sort of like yeah, depending yeah. upon the day depending upon when you're asking me like mm-hmm. it could be Great Mouse Detective it could be The Rescuers it could be Zootopia it could be yeah right uh, it could be Frozen 2 it could be Tangled yeah. it could uh. be Hunchback it could like it could be anything it could be yeah. Mulan yeah if we're asking me right now what is the movie that like the my current favorite right now I'd probably say Zootopia. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm wow. riding a Zootopia wave right now. I love okay. Zootopia. Yeah, you do. Okay. Favorite Disney attraction. That's also, again, something that sort of changes for me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to say Spaceship Earth. Like In a way, I think it might a be A trip nice. to Disney World, like, it just, it can't, I can't do it without Spaceship mm-hmm. Earth. It's yeah everything. And I think part of it is also because Spaceship Earth is like, I equate that with the start of my vacation because Epcot was always right. the first park that we would go to. And usually we would be right there when the park opens. First thing that's there mm-hmm. is Spaceship Earth. The line is empty. We just walk right on and we do Spaceship yeah. Earth. So like Spaceship Earth, in addition to just like being an amazing ride that I absolutely love. And I love the theming and the story and the music and the narration and all the animatronics. It's it's just symbolic of like this is the start of vacation, so I think that's my favorite. Is that mine too? I'll just pick something. Did I sell for you on fun. it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so easy to. I'll pick something else just for fun. In that, for me, I kind of feel that way also about um about Philharmagic. I don't feel complete if I don't see Philharmagic because it's just nothing makes me feel the feel like that like that attraction. It doesn't get old. It's it's the best of the best. It's the hits. It's mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I just love the theater that it's in. It's, the again, theater, the blue yeah, and gold. The blue and gold. Tanti. Yeah. It's that. It's I guess it's that. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Let's play another voicemail. Hey, Connor and Caroline. This is Lauren from Maryland. And I've been watching the Disney Fairy Tale Wedding Show. And I'm wondering what each of your dream wedding locations would be. Look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Oh, fun question. Thank Lauren. you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. I just want to shout out to everyone. Lauren is a, an amazing, amazing person. She has been supporting the podcast from the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's one of our friends who does a monthly donation to the podcast. Lauren, thank you for everything. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for all of your support. Thank you for all of your love. And thank you for this question because I have some thoughts here. Mm. So when we were talking about Disney dream weddings before, I forget what episode it was. But if we were talking about like the locations in the packages that you could actually get, Mm -hmm. mine, Tower of Terror, like hands down, no contest. But if I, (laughs) 
if I could have a wedding anywhere, one place I would consider is outside of Spaceship Earth because that's like the theme of the episode mm, right now. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think like that would be beautiful. Like have an evening wedding outside oh, yeah. by the fountain with it all lit up. Like I think that would be oh, yeah. gorgeous. Mm. But the other place <laughs> would probably be the Hollywood Hills Amphitheater. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that you would the be on the mountains for the stage. sure. Yep, but <laughs> the ceremony's happening on the stage. And then I have my fountains and my oh fireworks. My and then the wedding kiss. We're on the top <laughs> oh platform God. where Mickey is and the fireworks. Like, it would be a production. Oh so that God. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh my God, that's good. <laughs> anywhere, that's where it would be. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, okay, in terms of, yeah, like you said, the places you can actually rent out. I mean, with money being no object, I think I would pick Aulani, the beach at Aulani. But, you know, that would be amazing. But then in the reverse direction, still money being no object because that's the way I always operate in my mind. I would just buy out the entire world showcase for my (laughs) wedding. (laughs) Yep. There it is. Everything, all of the food places would be open and available to my guests. And they're they're having to walk a mile for their food. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, but carriages will pull everyone around the world. Showcase. Oh, okay. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Themed golf carts. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When I was younger, I was definitely convinced that I was going to get married in that little, like, jutted out section of the Italy pavilion that's on the water. Because you can actually mm. have a, a little thing there. Yeah. And I was fully convinced that that's where it was going to be. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Thank, Thank you, you for Lauren. that question. That's fun. That was fun one. Thank you for all your love. Yeah, we love you. Okay, back to the social questions. So this one's from at Emily underscore McD from the Book of the Mouse Club podcast. Emily. Thanks for sending a question, Emily. So Emily wants to know, if you were to be in a new Disney live action film, which would you want to be in? Hmm. Hmm. Well, Connor gave me my answer. We were talking about his brilliant idea for an Ursula backstory film. Yes, my Ursula backstory film, yeah. which I will be writing and Disney. Copyright, will be trademark, Connor Perkins. Coming to me, talk to me. Um, I've got the storyboard ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. But in his story, you know, Vanessa is going to be someone that Ursula actually meets. And then, you know, who knows? Body snatches her. I don't know exactly the details, but. Live action, Vanessa, I'm ready. The deep down secret desire is Meg and Hercules. I know that that's not going to happen, um, but Vanessa would be so much fun. I kind of do want to play a villain. It would be so good. It'd be so it, much you fun. would be so good. Because you'd it. also bring the humor to it, which is so <gasps> oh, important for you. Vanessa. Because like, oh. lest we forget, as beautiful and gorgeous as Vanessa is, mm-hmm. She does get starfish like slapped all over her body and across <laughs> her mouth <laughs> and get assaulted by seals. Like oh, it's man. the comedy. <laughs> so I feel like, and you can deliver that. I saw 15 minute Hamlet. Oh my God. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. I get to kiss Prince Eric. Like it's all there. Yeah. It's all there. It's kind of the Fontaine of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess if I had to choose something, you know, I feel like I would want to, like, produce, direct, write, whatever, John Favreau, a mm. Kingdom Keepers series. Mm. And it would be fun to have, like, a small bit part in that. Like, to be a part of that would be really, really cool. Uh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, by the way, I just noticed as well, um, Sierra underscore seven, we read one of your questions earlier, but I forgot there's a little tiny mini one included as well, which is favorite Disney accessory. Favorite Disney accessory, like something that we would wear or something that a character wears? Oh, both. So for obviously for one that we would wear, mine's a lounge fly. <laughs> I still don't own one. Actually, wait, that's a lie. I think my Mickey pumpkin is technically Your a lounge Mickey fly. Your Mickey pumpkin is a lounge fly. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. But it's, it's not a lounge fly. fly mini backpack. No, it's not. I guess my accessory, I, I, I guess like, I guess I would probably say Mickey ears because like, oh, yeah. I'm not a huge collector of Mickey ears by any means or, or anything like that. Like, I've got my basic, but like, I, when I do go to the Magic Kingdom, like, I have to wear my Mickey ears. Like, I have to, mm. I have to have them for at least one day. And I think it's like, I'm the kind of person who will advocate that anyone going into the park, if you don't have a pair of ears, you got to get a pair of ears, like, at some point. Mm, yeah. For an accessory from a film, I think I the first thing that came to my mind just now is um, Rapunzel's crown. Ooh. So give me that. It's so beautiful. Not Anna's engagement ring. And Anna's, um, no, it's the crown. <laughs> Anything with <It's> jewels. <laughs> Anything with jewels in it. Jewels. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I've I've got three here. So yeah, yeah. the first, I would say Pocahontas's necklace. I think that that, mm. that accessory is just absolutely iconic. There's nothing like it in any of the other Disney films. It is just like perfectly right. Like it's so good. Number two, the blossom hair comb in Mulan. Oh yeah. Like hell yes. It's absolutely mm. stunner. And then the third thing I'll say, <laughs> the only good thing I think I probably will ever say about this movie, but I would I would take the the gold ear cuff from Beauty and the Beast the live action version. <laughs> Belle's gold yeah. ear cuff. I'd take that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. Nothing yeah. else. That's it. All right, let's play another let's play another voicemail. Hi, this is Jackie. Um, I'm calling from the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Sadly, far from all Disney endeavors. Um, and my question, which I hope is not like too popular of one, um, is I would love for you both to weigh in on the Dolores could, he- could hear Bruno from Encanto the entire time. What do we think? Was she respecting his wishes? Is she a villain? Your thoughts? I would love them. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye. Hi, Jackie. Uh, thank Jackie. you so much for your question. It's amazing. This is just someone this is listening fun. from yeah. the San Francisco Bay Area. Like, that's that's insane to I me. I know. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for your question. This question in particular is one that I have been really mm. excited to answer. Because uh, it's, it's just, it's really, uh, there's a lot to it, I think. Which is, I think, why there's been so much discussion about it. So I don't I don't think that Dolores is like truly like a villain or anything like that. I, I think I think we just sort of need to get a little bit more specific about how her power actually works. Like, yeah. can she does she hear everything equally in terms of like like sound level? Like, does does it take into account proximity or anything like that? Because if it does take into account proximity then like, okay, she would have had to know that Bruno was there in the house, in which case, like maybe she would have met him as a kid 
And maybe like he made her promise to not do it. So like maybe it's a bit of the like respecting his wishes thing. I could also see it being because like Dolores is kind of this way, like a little afterthought moment, like trying to like grab a little bit of attention in the song. I don't know. But like I could also definitely see like the pressure of the family being something where she's just like holding this inside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't get villain vibes from her. It's the same thing. Yeah. I'm thinking that she gets sounds and can't always tell how far away they are. So I'm like, I bet she had a feeling that Bruno was around, but I was like, oh, maybe he's just like he left and he's kind of living on his own in the forest. I hear him, but I don't think she maybe necessarily knew he was right there in the house the whole time. And then I also just think it's like she know if she knew he was there, if we're going to go with that, she knows she does not want to risk Abuela's wrath. She's not yeah. going to bring that up. She she knows what kind of reaction that's going to get from the family. And then I think then seeing what happens when Mirabelle starts asking questions, she's like, oh, yeah, good thing I never said anything about that because the whole family would have a meltdown. So I think she if she knows, then she's just like, it's not worth upsetting the family to share this. Or I'm just thinking about this also. Maybe she wants Bruno to be found. Like maybe she is actually a good person. She's like, I want him to be found, but I don't want to be the one to do it. Because maybe I promised Bruno something. I'm respecting his wishes. Or maybe she's just like not brave enough to do that in her family. And so maybe when she does see Mirabelle doing it, she's trying to drop as many hints. Like in singing her part about him in We Don't Talk About Bruno, she does sort of direct Mirabelle in a direction to talk to Louisa about her eye twitching, like that sort of thing. She does mention the rats in the walls when they talk. So like... I could also see a world in which she wants, she knows where he is. She wants him to be found, but she doesn't want to be the person to do it. Mm, I feel like that might be where I come down on this. I think that's where Mm. she is. Yeah. Good question. Fun one. I love that one. I love those conspiracy theory type. Yes. We love a conspiracy theory. We can spin out some shit. Okay. Back to the socials at Brookie the cookie 16 with again, just some easy questions. Best Pixar movie. Favorite Disney couple. Jeez. Oh, my God. Best Pixar movie. I'm going to say it because I sort of, I, I always say this movie, but I do think that it still holds up for me. I'm going to say Up. Mm-hmm. Because Up was a movie that, like, when it came out, I could just feel like it was changing the game a little mm-hmm. bit here. Like, it was flipping the script with Pixar a little bit more than they ever had. They like were actually taking the I don't want to say mundanity, but just taking like actual humans seriously. Like it's not like, oh, we're humans, but we're superheroes. Like it's like this is humanity. We're trying to tell a story about humanity through mm. humans. And I and I think that's fantastic and really interesting. The score is amazing. And it, it's just like it's one that I can return to and it'll wreck me every time the way I want it to. And it's it's funny and it's colorful and it's full of life and i i don't know i it sort of ticks all the boxes for me pixar wise yeah it's a great choice i think i'm in the way i'm gonna pick finding nemo i feel you on that i was the one i was between yeah it felt like again it had a little bit of a similar feeling where it felt like something was shifting into a, a little bit of a more sophisticated direction when it came out but at the same time that movie's so funny, too. It's hilarious. Yeah. And 
That's like the only um, Pixar movie that me and my family went back to movie theaters to see twice because we Dang. like loved we loved it. And again, the score, I don't know, just like it, there's like some sort of something that feels very sophisticated about it, but the characters just across the board in that in that one are so unique and memorable and like iconic. Yeah. So that's how you know, because when it came out, my brother was obsessed with Chum, one of Bruce's sidekicks. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you know. Like he had to have the <laughs> the Chum like like plushy. And I'm like, that's how you know Whoa. that you did a good job with even the side characters, because my brother f- like had to get a the side chum. side character. Yeah, but he had it. He got it. He found it. They made a chum plushie, and he got it. A little chum for chum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough. It's such a tough call. But that's what my gut says. You know, uh, and Inside Out is really up there for me as well. I mean, but so's Toy Story. So we could just play. We could play this all day, and I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, and then favorite Disney couple. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming romantic couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For this exercise, my this is another one for me being me that just it changes every day, every week. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple here. Mm. A couple of couples. <laughs> yeah, a couple of couples. Like in terms of like romantic, but they're not official. They're not like Facebook official. Bianca mm-hmm. and Bernard, hands down. Cute. Like mm-hmm. absolutely perfect couple. If we're thinking like mundanity, like regular ass people, Anita and Roger Radcliffe, like they're mm-hmm. hot. Like that's yeah. that's a hot couple. And then if I'm thinking royalty, it's really like it's really a tie for me because I love Belle and the Beast. I love where their relationship goes. Like I, I think it's really beautiful by the end. Also, I think it's a pretty healthy relationship too because like. It's not like, oh, we're finishing the movie and like now we're getting married. It's like they've they've been through a lot together. They've been through Christmas together as a couple. <laughs> like it's there's been some there's been some stuff. But the other one that I absolutely love, it just gives me all the feels. Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just it does something to me. And I think part of it is because it's one of those things where they have the realization that they love each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it happens kind of similarly to Beauty and the Beast, like with something there, but it yeah. happens in song and it happens in like one hell of a song. Mm. Like it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And just the whole concept of like, you were my new dream. You were oh, mine. Please, like, please, please. Sacrificing each other. I like, know. Each other. So the like drama. Things, they also bring oh the God. drama. We forget that. Like, they, they have dramatic They bring moments. it to you every time. They yeah. bring it to you every time. Mm, yeah. They're, I think they're mine. But again, when it changes, I always get very swept up in Aladdin and Jasmine. It's mm. like, there's some unhealthy things happening there. But that, that, that swept awayness and like, you know, falling in love with someone who breaks you out of somewhere that you feel trapped Maybe it's yeah. problematic, but I also find it very romantic. So I always <laughs> like that. And, and Tiana oh, and Naveen Lord. aren't my favorite couple, but I love them just because it's like, you know, seeing him learn what she loves and what's important to her and try his best at cooking. Sometimes we don't yeah. really see that in Disney couples. Like we don't see, again, more mundane things like that happen. Yeah. And so I love that we have that element in a couple too of like two very different people. What about what about Anna and Kristoff? Oh, shit. 
Or is that just because you went Jonathan Groff? Yeah, that's more Chris. I mean, I love Anna too. I love Anna and Kristoff separately. Oh, like, okay. I don't even need them as a couple, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's play a voicemail. Hi, this is Aaron from Maryland, and I could not pass up the opportunity to call you two. Um, so it took me just about all week to figure out what this question was going to be. But this is one question that I'd like an answer from both of you for. And the question is, if you could design a nighttime spectacular for any of the Disney parks, where would it be? And what type of show would you design? Thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear the next episode. Love you both. All righty. Thank you, Aaron. This is this is another one of our monthly donors. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron, you're, this is my sister. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, Nighttime Spectacular, what would it be? See, Nighttime Spectaculars are, like, my thing. If I were to design anything for Disney, it would probably be a Nighttime Spectacular. I feel like what I would design, though, would probably be some sort of mega fusion that I've been calling for between World of Color and like a phantasmic type of show, like something that has Mm. a stage. Mm. I think Animal Kingdom desperately needs a nighttime show. It does, yeah. Especially now that Rivers of Light is is gone. And like, I don't know if this is my dream nighttime spectacular to work on, but this is where my focus would be. I'd be like, okay, let's take that that outdoor theater, that amphitheater sort of thing. Let's build some sort of permanent stage structure for it. In addition to the water, let's put in world color fountains and things like that. And I would probably want to center it around animals or, or, or something like that. Some, something about the stories of animals connecting us. I'll, I'll figure out what the theming is, but I could also like, I don't know. I could just see like, Tina Turner, great spirits from Brother Bear, just sort of like bringing us home with it. Like I could see something happening there. Uh, Mm, Okay. I like. So I think I want to, I would want to figure out what is the show for Animal Kingdom. I think that's, that's my goal. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing is I just know that Animal Kingdom needs one, but I just don't want to design it. I'll figure it out. I'll take that responsibility. Okay. You take that. You take that. And I don't have any, again, this is something I'm going to need to marinate on a little bit. All I know is that I just, my, I love, I would love some more practical effects in these nighttime spectaculars, which I know is more money, more like danger, all of that kind of thing. So I want something that features actual tangled lanterns. Mm. Fit it into something. And also, I just remember the thrill I felt when I saw the Boutiou Parade and the Headless Horseman comes clopping down the street. It's so exciting. Yeah. So I truly have no idea how you put those elements together. I just put put more Disney characters on horses. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> Is it oh a horse gosh. show? Like when, I don't know. <laughs> like when Merida comes out on Abs- like yeah, Angus, Or when Gaston like, is on the horse. Yeah, it's so exciting. So, yeah, yeah I don't. I, I couldn't tell you how all these things come together. I want also the people watching it to be on a boat. Make it work. I don't know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Put all those things together. You basically just want like. <laughs> a ride. Some sort of. Emer- <laughs> you, you want a ride. <laughs> yeah. You want a tangled I want the ride. tangled boat ride. All right. <laughs> great. Great. Okay. Great. Okay. That's just as long as we're being I clear. want the tangled lantern experience, but with fireworks as well. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Aaron, I'll, I'll keep getting back to you on, on yeah, what yeah, the yeah. updates that's, are that's on this happy. Animal Kingdom nighttime spectacular. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure that that one out. Mm. All right, back to the socials. 
at Kiana Claire, our friend, not only is she Miss Teen Canada, but she's the person who recommended Disney Twisted Tales to us, which now we've both read so many of them and fully love yeah. them. <laughs> Thanks so. for that, Kiana. Thank you. My wallet's very happy. <laughs> okay, so Kiana has a couple of questions. And first one is next Disney trip in the works. I mean, I'm I'm trying we're trying to with our family to figure out a time to go down with my nephew godson his first trips but that's that's gonna be in a in like another year or so so uh nothing nothing immediate yeah i'm afraid to jinx anything but me and my family had a trip scheduled the summer of 2020 of the pandemic actually was it even earlier than that yeah but we have like dvc points and like flight credits that we keep pushing and they're about to like be finished in like beginning of september so we've been trying to figure out if we can go are but, you freaking kidding me? Oh my god, I didn't. Tell. You're gonna be there for the fiftieth. I, you know, but I don't want to. Oh it. my god, I don't want to. Goodbye. Jinx it. The podcast is over. <laughs> no, no. Well, honestly, at this point, someone needs to go because I'm starting to run out of content to post on Instagram. So I need to take some actual photos <laughs> of Disney World. So I'll oh take one for the team. How kind of you. Okay. Um, your unpopular Disney opinions. Ooh. Unpopular Disney opinions. We've shared some on here. So about me, you already know I don't like Merida. I don't like Noel, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. Uh, I guess hopefully I won't lose all of my credibility with this one. But I I think that Enchanted Tiki Room under new management is better than the Enchanted Tiki Room. <laughs> Original. Like, oh. yeah, I'm 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 sorry. I'm gonna gonna come down on there uh and i mean also i didn't i didn't hate using stitch as an overlay for stitch's great escape uh oh that's all right okay didn't hate that oh you know what that made me think of right next door to it pretty much i don't like buzz lightyear space ranger spin Ooh, interesting it's, it's kind of lame the the shooters are not accurate i'm here to play you know it's it just I know that it's supposed to look like video gameish and neony, but I just don't. It doesn't work for me. I don't like it. Fair enough. Oh, and also in Tomorrowland, I do, I like. I've realized that I think a lot of people like the People Mover. Ironically, like haha, it doesn't. It's boring. Mm. I I like it unironically. I find it extremely fun. I get a thrill out of it. Yeah, I I love it unironically. I think it's very exciting. I guess continuing with like Disney Park stuff. I think that it's tough to be a bug is a staple of the park and shouldn't go liar, dirty liar. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a good, I think it's a good attraction. Maybe they can revamp it, but I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Oh, I'm going to say this. I think the Lion King is a bit overrated. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good movie. I think it's fantastic. Like, I think it, it's very good. But I think some people hold it up on a pedestal as this, like, perfect Disney film. And I don't know if I come. I don't I don't come down on that. I hmm. don't think it's the, it's a perfect Disney film. And I think what it really where people are coming from is it was a breath of fresh air as it was departing from some of the more traditional musical 
theater stylings that we were getting used to in those early films of the Disney Renaissance. And they just sort of latched onto something that was different and just sort of like held on for dear life and think it's the most amazing thing that ever happened. And I don't think it's the most amazing thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's got some spice to it. Still good. Still very, very good. Not the best thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. One last one from Kiana. Disney things you were excited for but sucked and vice versa. Well, I was excited for Luca. Did not like. I was so excited for the setting. No, I was bored. I was really excited for A Wrinkle in Time, the Mm. movie. I like thought Ava DuVernay, the whole cast, Storm Reid. Like I just thought everything was happening. And then I got into that movie theater with my mom and we both fell asleep watching it. And it's just, it was so frustrating because I'm like, uh, it just had a recipe for like a really, really good movie. And it just, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I guess from the opposite way, I definitely, based off of the trailers for both Tangled and Frozen, underestimated those two movies. It's not, I didn't think they were going to suck, but especially Tangled, I did not see Tangled in theaters. Yeah, me too. Um, Because I was just like, "Mm, I like the, I was like, I like the Rapunzel story. It looks like they're trying to be like silly about it and I'm so not here for it. Yeah, I felt like they were trying to do like a Shrek with it. Exactly. And I was like, don't, because I was like very obsessed with Rapunzel when I was little. And so I was like, don't do that to that story. And I was so wrong. I remember renting it and watching it at home and like my world being like blown up. So that's like that. And and same with Frozen. I remember seeing that first teaser with Sven and Olaf. And I was like, this is for, ba- is this going to be for babies? So wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Oh, I, you know, I did not think Turning Red was going to be good. Mm. And I, it's one of it's one of my favorite movies right now. It's great. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really pleasantly surprised at how how great Turning Red turned out to be. <laughs> mm, love that. Thank you, Kiana. Good ones. Good ones. Thank you, Kiana. So let's do one more from from the socials. I see a good one here. So this is from at Manders Nanners. In your opinion, which Disney lead characters, if any, do you think are low key gay or queer coded? Ooh, lead characters? Interesting. Yeah. Well, Avi, Elsa. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. And all of Luca is just like... Yes. It's, it, it's gay movie. It's gay movie. <laughs> it's Call Me By Your Name <laughs> for kids. Mm. Um, if we're going to count villains as lead characters... Yeah. I mean, Radcliffe is a mo. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Radigan. Radigan as well. Oh, that's a character that I would want to play. Oh, right. Play. Oh, my God. <laughs> if yes, we were yes. doing a live action CGI cat style remake, I'd want to do that. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> no, Radigan's definitely a, a, a Mo as well. And I think Basil is as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that they have a little bit. There's tension between them. (laughs) There's a past. There's a tryst. Yeah, there's a fine line between love and hate. Yeah, very crimes of Grindelwald. (laughs) You're hitting them all in the head. Um, um, I mean, I have have an in. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) 
Oh, you had mentioned Jafar once, and I, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, no, yeah, I, Jafar. It, it gave me pause with the Jaff. moment with Jasmine. Prince but... Abubu, like, he's obsessed with Aladdin. Obsessed. Yeah, that is, uh, yes, very, very true. Uh-huh. What do you think about Timon and Pumbaa? Oh, absolutely. Mm, They're yeah. gay foster dads. Oh, yeah. All of Raya is very, like, Raya is is definitely queer, along with, um, what's her name? Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan's character, yeah. Oh, right. Um, um, Thomas from Pocahontas. Yeah. Oh, oh, he definitely wants mm. John Smith. Oh, a thousand percent. Yes. Oh, he's not a lead, not a full lead character. Oh, he's not a lead. Oh, right. I mean, honestly, Pocahontas gives me some queer energy too. Mm. Like, I can definitely see like her and Nakoma. Yeah, her and Nakoma, I know. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, or at least I can tell. Nakoma has yes. a crush on yes. Pocahontas. Like yes. very clear. Mm. We're there. We get it. We see. <laughs> <laughs> I love this conversation. Oh um, my god. Oh. Um. Yeah. They, so many. I mean, I guess all of them. Manders, Manders. <laughs> guess all of them. That's the answer, Mander. <laughs> it's all of them. Okay. Let's play another voicemail. Hi, Connor and Caroline. It's Ryan. I'm so excited you have a phone number. Now we can just all call you and just ask all our questions or just talk into the the Disney void. So my question, I don't think you've covered this in any of your episodes, but I was wondering, what is your favorite Disney connection to The Wizard of Oz? Is it the Oz, the Great and Powerful movie with James Franco? Michelle Williams? Is it the Muppet Wizard of Oz with Ashanti? Is it the Muppet Babies episode from the 90s where they do a Wizard of Oz thing? So many. There's even that Wizard of Oz anime movie that they used to play on the Disney Channel and Eileen Quinn is Annie. She's the voice of Dorothy. So I want to know, what's your favorite Disney Oz connection? Can't wait to hear more episodes. Well, this is Ryan of the Disney Inside Out podcast. Yay. Thank you so much. For those of you who are in the fam, this is Ryan who gives us our weekly Friday questions. Yes. This is such an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I was really mm-hmm. fascinated by it because originally I was just sort of like, oh, I don't really think that there are that many tie-ins with The Wizard of Oz. But then I started like digging a little bit deeper and then I found my favorite Disney tie-in okay. with The Wizard of Oz. And it is easily, hands down, no contest, Laverne in the Hunchback of Notre Dame during the Paris is Burning sequence (laughs) when she's getting all the birds to fly down. She's like, fly, fly, my pretties. And it's like a shot for shot recreation (gasps) of that scene from The Wizard of Oz. That is my favorite Wizard of Oz moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Wow, that's that's a great one. That is a That's great it. one. That's the one. That's the choice. Yeah. Mine's the obvious one. It's when the Wizard of Oz was in the great movie ride and was V featured. R.I.P. Yeah. It was V featured. It was V featured. Yeah. I was always in love with the Wizard of Oz, but I think my love was deepened being able to be surrounded by it. It was like, it was a thrill of like the vacation for me when I was younger. Yeah. There is the nothing oh like hearing. The munchkins just echoing in that <gasps> giant ass room. God, and just you get in there and you know what's coming. You know that the wicked witch is gonna come. It was a yeah. thrill. It, it'll always be a thrill. Mm. Fun 
fun one, Ryan. Fun question. Neither of us, yeah, you know, one. speaking of your your of your voicemail, number one, please, yes, call all the time and leave us all of your opinions. But also, yes, neither of us liked Oz the Great and Powerful. We wanted to. We wanted uh, to real bad. Yeah, you know, like that's it. another one. That was a disappointment. It was. Oh, yeah, I agree. I was in denial about it after that. I was like, oh, yes, we could just see Disney do their take on Oz. Oh, my God. Also, my other favorite is clearly the fact that Elsa is Elphaba and Adina Menzel is Elsa and Elphaba. And they are the same thing. Obby. Obby. I love that. Love that. All right, this is our last question from the socials. And this is from at Frank underscore Ameti, a.k.a. my brother. Aww. Hey, Frank. So he wants to know, best Disney World ride, event, or restaurant that never came to fruition? Mm. Beastly Kingdom, for sure. Beastly Kingdom, yeah. Still feel robbed of that. And also, there were plans for... A more sit-down, bigger Muppet restaurant. I know we have Pizza Rizzo now, but I really want that. I'm not sure if this is where they were going to go with it, but I want a sit-down Muppets restaurant, but it's just like Rainforest Cafe, but Muppets, where it's like every 20 minutes there's a Muppets event that happens. There's audio animatronics. Animal is walking around all the time. Yeah, just like immerse me in Muppets. telling jokes. Yeah. Like, it could almost be, like, Chuck E. Cheese, where, like, there's a stage. <gasps> like, you're in this, like, vaudevillian oh theater yes. with, like, your little, like, table lamps and oh everything my like God. that. Oh, my God. And there's, like, my a God. Muppet show happening. <gasps> yes. Yes to that. That's what we want. That's what we want. Well, one of the ones that was supposed to happen that isn't isn't happening anymore was they were going to build out Tiana's Palace restaurant as part of the oh Reflections God. Hotel. Oh my God, and the whole but Reflections that got Hotel. Put on the back, that, yeah. that got canceled. Oh my God. The other thing that like, oh, they promised me a Mary Poppins ride. Oh, right. They oh, promised me my a God. Mary Poppins ride. Oh, actually that lane. really hurts when you bring that up. Oh gosh. Like, I, oh. A load mm. of horse shit. A load Cherry of hot horse shit. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, that's So disappointing. Yeah, that sucks. So disappointing. And the Rhine River Cruise. And the Rhine River Cruise. Hold so it. that we could later yeah. re-theme it as a tangled boat <laughs> yeah. ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Frank. Okay. This is it. This is the final voicemail. Let's play it. Hi, this is Shannon. I'm calling from across. The little carpet from you. <laughs> okay. My question is, what made both of you fall in love with Disney? Bye. Oh, God. Well, this is my other sister, Shannon. Yeah, we're closing with the siblings. Thank you, siblings. <laughs> you may have even heard me in the background of this because she literally called in the number <laughs> while sitting across the carpet from me. <laughs> but uh, this is this is a tough one because i don't know mm. if there was any one particular thing that made me fall in love with disney however i think i'll probably use it to once again sort of talk about mary poppins and sort of yeah. the influence that mary poppins had on me i used to watch it every day when i was a kid i used to pull myself up banisters I used to try and be and, and and that was that I think really was like my gateway mm. into my love of Disney. And then 
The first time I went to Disney World, I just hunted out Mary Poppins in every possible place from character breakfast to meeting her in the park. And I went up to one Mary Poppins and she was in her in her like black coat with the like cherry hat and everything. And I asked her to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious backwards. And she did. Oh, and like that was magical. that I think was the moment I was like salt. That was like the the yeah. magic was it it's happened. Real. So mm. I also would say the moment that I, I sort of fell in love with Disney, not being like one particular moment, but we had a very, very dear friend of the family. Her name was Miss Pat and she didn't have any kids of her own. Uh, and she didn't really have a, a very extended family or anything like that. But she saw me and my two sisters as her kids. Mm. And every single time we had her over, we saw her. She would have three presents for each of us. And it was a brand new Disney VHS wrapped in our favorite color tissue paper. To the point <sighs> where when my older sister's favorite color changed from pink to purple... The wrapping paper, the 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 paper changed wow. with it, and I don't know. Oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna like tear up right now talking yeah. about it. But like, there was just something. There was some, something so magical about that because it was like, it, it felt like she was gifting us each of these stories. Mm. Like then they were becoming ours, and I think that like fairy godmother. Honestly, mm. like truly, truly, mm. and wow, our entire collection of disney vhs is every it was all built up from her like it was it was truly that was magic and i think she is a major reason why i fell in love with disney wow wow you know mine's i guess a little bit related to mary poppins as well mary poppins that was also mary poppins was my mom's favorite when she was growing up so she showed that to me really early and for me the thing that grabbed me in Disney, it was just, like, these women and their their singing voices. Mm. Like, Julie Andrews, absolutely. I also, like, in a weird way, I think I thought my mom was Julie Andrews in a way. Like, back I when my mom that. first showed me that movie, my mom had that haircut. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I think I conflated those two things. And, like, but also I feel like my gateway princess was interestingly Snow White. And maybe that's why I stuck up for her so much in our episode <laughs> this season. Don't come for her. Um I think part of it was just because there was like there were parts of Snow White that my mom had to fast forward because I was scared. And as we know about me, like I like the dark stuff. So I think I was intrigued that there was that element of that and a movie that was that I could watch. Um, but then my next princess after that was Pocahontas. And mm -hmm. I don't know, just Judy Kuhn singing those songs. Like the first video that my parents have of me singing is me singing Colors of the Wind. It's just like these, yeah, these these women and their their singing voices was like so huge to me. And like then seeing Susan Egan, she probably wasn't in it, I guess. But what I listened to at home was Susan Egan singing Belle on Broadway. Like I bought the cassette after I saw it on Broadway. And like that, it was just, it was everything to me. And then just also the element of then Disney World being, you know, what me and my family would do together and I don't know. I still like I feel like when I was like 18, maybe every around that age, 16, 17, 18, when we would leave Disney after our vacation, I would like look back on Main Street and I'd be like, well, 
when I come back here next year, I will be over this. So let me like enjoy it now while I'm still like believe in this. And it just has never gone away. (laughs) And so I honestly think like the Disney parks are just such a huge part of like me believing in that like there is a like we can step away from our our everyday troubles and like we can let it go for a little while and go back to like believing in magic and just being with your family. Now I'm going to (laughs) cry. Yeah. But yeah, it's just special to my family and just like it felt like something in a weird way when I was a kid that I like owned, you know, it was like it was nice seeing like, you know, taking the buses in Disney, like my parents relaxing too, not having to drive us places and like it just felt like a safe place to me. And it still does. Yeah. Wow. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all so much for your questions, for your voicemails. Mm. This has just meant so much to us to hear yeah. from all of you. It's also hitting right at the, at the exactly right time in the season just to hear from all of you. Yeah. Just, you know, get you involved in this process as well. But if you liked what you heard, please remember to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. That way all of our episodes get downloaded right to your device. You don't miss out on anything. And then if you liked what you heard, please, please, please tap five stars. Give us a review. It's so helpful to us just to be seen in those search results. Get suggested to other folks. Your review could be the reason why someone hits play and we would really love it if people would hit play so uh again we're trying to hit our goal of a hundred reviews and ratings before the end of our season so if you could help us do that that would be absolutely amazing and as i always say please follow us on social media we are at poor unfortunate podcast on instagram and facebook and we are at unfortunate pod on twitter Also, like we mentioned, this line, this phone line is going to be open. So the number, once again, if you need it, is 1-646-355-8543. Please leave a message anytime. Anytime that we can feature, you know, a voicemail, when we catch up on Disney news, anything you want us to talk about, give us a call. But, uh, you know, Instagram is an especially great way to keep up with us. Uh, DM us there. Take part in our little polls, all this stuff. Also, if you could use a little bit more Poor Unfortunate podcast in your life, please join our private Facebook group, The Poor Unfortunate Fam. So we've got almost, I think we've got like 90 people in there right now. Um, yeah, we're close to 100 yeah. now. Yeah, we want we want 100 in the fam too, so please join us. But it's a wonderful place to talk about the episodes and talk about Disney, of course. But we love um, getting to know listeners more personally and putting, yeah. you know, names to faces and hearing your opinions and, and interacting with you is so, so special to us. So I know that Facebook is such, I mean, social media in general, what a mess. But, you know, even if you feel kind of ick about Facebook, I go on Facebook just to see what's happening in the fam and then I'm back out again. So you can do the same thing and we would love to to meet you and see you there. And then, as I always say, it does take us a little bit of money to keep the podcast up and running and coming to you. And we do have a PayPal account. It is linked in the episode description and it's also in all of our website links on our social media accounts. Truly anything that you have to spare, it, it goes a long way for us. You can make a one-time donation. You can make a monthly donation. It can be $5, $10, $20. It can be more than that. Uh, it all just goes right back into the podcast just to make sure that we're helping to keep this free and for the most part ad-free whenever possible. So thank you very, very much for considering donating to the podcast. 
Next time you hear from us, we will be doing our season finale. And we have some exciting stuff planned for that because, I mean, we just have to. We have to keep up Mm -hmm. with our season finale from season one. So uh, we hope that you'll join us for our season finale. And uh, as always, stay tuned for more from us on all of our socials. And until next time, Beluga Beluga Sabruga. Sabruga.